0: When we start talking about demon activity and demon attack and things like that, we we start thinking, hey, that's not what we live in. If I was to sit there and say and give you a a replica of the maniac of Gadara in 2016, you you would think that it was crazy. But the truth of the matter is the Bible speaks of a third of the angels falling uh, out of heaven and and Lucifer and, and the works of darkness and the gates of hell should not prevail against them, literally the army and... All the things that go around us, I read uh, in Ephesians 6 about principalities and plural and rulers of darkness of this world, which is plural, and the powers is plural. All of those words are plural, literally mean we face something. So with that said, I just want to give you something because this coming Sunday, I'm planning on giving you the second part of the Maniac of Gadara and that story. And I, I, I know not everybody's in here on Sunday morning, but what happens is, And I know you guys know the story all the time already, grew up with it, hearing all the time. But the thing is, when I was a kid, I just knew that there was this man possessed. God came and and, and pulled out the demons and and everything got better after that. And here's what I I was worried about. I don't want to preach a message and especially not give the application because everybody says this to people. You struggle with an addiction? Let me tell you the answer. What do we say? It's one word. Jesus. Okay? All right. You you have an addiction to pornography or something? I'm going to give you a one-word answer. I know the answer to it. Jesus. So all of a sudden, we've got this in our mind and people are like, all right, I want to do this drug and I'm really down and out and I'm depressed like crazy and I know Jesus is the answer. But what does that mean to me right here, right now? How, how, unless Jesus is getting out of a boat and walking up to my bedroom right now and saying, legions come out, I really don't know how that applies. So I really got into it of why, what in the world made those demons run to the feet of Jesus, bow themselves and surrender? And I think if we could tap into that, it's going to help us understand how we can get spiritual victory in our lives through Jesus. And I'm not saying Jesus is not the answer, but we've got to understand what that means. But in that same passage, when we got into Ephesians 6.18 and those different things going around with that, I want to just back up to Ephesians 6.10. And I want to just point out one word that is repeated over and over and over again. And I want to read through this. And I want to just give you guys this thought. And this is what we're going to do. If we get through this and Richard gives me thumbs up that that video is done, we're, we're going to watch the mission trip video and we're going to have a good time. And if it doesn't? then I'm just going to say, Lord, you did not want us to watch the mission trip video, and we're going to plan it for next Sunday or whatever. Is everybody okay with that? Yeah. Do you know why? Because it's out of our hands. <laughs> and I'm not going to worry and get sick. And, and Richard sent me a text, and he said, I feel horrible. And I said, don't. Stop. This is God's church and God's business, and we came here tonight to do God's business, and we're going to do whatever he leads us to do, and we're going to be happy with it. Yeah. And, uh, and I love that. So read, read along with me as I start in Ephesians chapter 6 verse 10. He says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord in the power of his might. Now that, that's cool in of itself. Uh, of the simple fact that God said, Don't be powerful in your might. I'm going to give you my power to be powerful. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to. And then there's the word stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and rulers of darkness of this world and spiritual wickedness in high places. That's the verse that we picked apart this morning. I explained that Satan, you're you're never going to see, and I'm not going to say that this doesn't happen, but on on average, okay, most of you guys are not going to go home and pictures are going to be spinning. The air condition is going to get down to 20 degrees in the room. You You know what I'm saying? You hear all these noises and I'm not saying that that does not happen, okay? And I've heard some crazy things and people have come and said, explain it. All right, I, I'm, not, I'm not putting in my two cents on that whatsoever. On visitation, meet with people. Number, the one thing that people love to ask me if they're on church is they love to ask me and tell me a story about some sort of demonic activity and ask me who it was or if it was a left-behind spirit or if it was Grandma's spirit that, you know, all these other things. And I just, I just don't touch those things. But I can tell you right here, ...that this passage is describing that there is all the works of the devil... ...of all the trash and the darkness of this world... ...and I'm going to tell you behind drugs and alcohol and porn... ...and all this garbage, Satan is pulling the strings. And he uses those things to kill, to steal, and destroy. And all of those things that we talk about... ...and let me just tell you guys right now... ...if you are Christians... And you stand on the word of God. And you're going to dare walk over to the devil's garbage can. Pull junk out. Put it in your life and think your life is not going to stink. You are wrong. You are wrong. <laughs> it's really quiet in here, okay? But I think we've gotten to almost a, an apathetic stage in church that as culture changes, we almost just wave along with it. And I'm, I'm saying that even our kids coming up and saying, Mom and Dad, what's wrong with it? And I don't see anything wrong. And everybody else is doing it. And we almost buy into that. Where we lower our standards. And when I say standards, I'm talking about biblical, okay? I'm, not, I'm just saying things that we have. But I'm saying things that the Bible says do not. Do not touch these things. The Bible says things like flee fornication, sexual sin, flee temptation, flee all these things that that war against your soul. And then yet it seems like even for Christians that have this spirit of lust and the spirit of all these other things. Well, the fact is you're digging in the devil's trash can and it's not going to work that way. So after it lists all of these things, it goes back to the word again. Listen to this. It says spiritual wickedness and high places and principalities and all these things. It says, okay, because of that, you better put it like this. And guys, I'm not going to pretend that. I've never mentioned these verses before. Wherefore, because of this, take unto you, every Christian, the whole armor of God. That you may be able to withstand. It's the same Kind of word that we had again of at the beginning of it that you may be able to stand, withstand in the evil day, having done all to stand. Verse fourteen starts off with the word again stand, and then it goes into the full armor of God. Why is it that the word stand is repeated over and over again? Because the objection of the principalities and spiritual wickedness and evil in high places and all those things is simply this: to knock you down you think about it why did he say that over and over again his goal is to knock you down and I I think if we were to go through spiritually speaking and look across the audience we're going to find a lot of Christians that are on their backs rather than on their feet that they don't have a leg to stand on when they when they're going to sit there and say well I can't get on to my kids about that because I'm not even doing that myself I can't yell at them about not being in church, and I can't get on to them about reading their Bibles, and I can't get on to them about living a separated life or holy life. Do you guys know the Bible still tells us to live holy? He he even says, be holy. You know why? Because I am holy. You know what holy is? Do you know what holy is? Holy is righteous and pure and clean and right. Do you know what the opposite of holy is? Unclean. Do you know what unclean is? Unclean is the spirit that the Bible described this morning that's associated with all the stuff in that garbage can. All the stuff that we allow a lot of times our family, our kids, our personal lives to get into, to pull into our lives. He said, don't touch the unclean thing. Let me give you the, the Bible description. The word stand means to abide. Think about that. Abide. The word stand means to Continue. The word is stand means to be established. The word stand means to hold up to or to hold to. It means to stand up for. So let's read some of that again with that in mind. It says in verse 13, put on the whole arm of God that ye may be able to continue in the last days. In the evil day. He said, I want you to do this. I want the church to keep moving forward. I want mom and dad to keep moving forward. I want youth groups and Christians and, and, and college students, I want them to keep moving forward in the evil day. When all that happens and you're saying that there's resistance and you can't move forward, you can't stand on the word of God and the world. He said, let me tell you the truth. You do what I'm telling you to and I promise you, you will move forward with the glory of God. It says to be established or hold on to or to abide. Let, read that again. That you may be able to, stand firm, stand firm or, or abide in the evil day. Be able to stick to the things that God has given us. Not, not to be swayed. I, get, I know I don't have the illustration of these guys. of have taken that Christian and him pushing there. You know what he's trying to do? He's trying to get you off balance. He's saying if you would learn these things. So it is a spiritual warfare. And the thing is you cannot fight. You cannot wrestle. You cannot stand if you're knocked down. So I, I just want to ...for a minute just walk you through... ...and this is what we're going to do... ...is walk through and just kind of show you... ...what it says within these passages... ...of the full armor of God. It says in verse 14... ...stand therefore having your loins... girded about with truth. The first thing he does is he calls out... ...the importance of truth. See what truth does... ...and I know this gets all uncomfortable with this... ...but truth draws a line. Did you guys know that? Truth draws a line. Because the, the Bible says that there are lies... And then there is truth. There, there's a line being drawn with that. So you can imagine as we we normally picture the full armor of God. When we talk about the full armor of God, we, we take normally a kid and put him in Sunday school and we give him all the little plastic pieces and a sword. And I mean it's cute and it's symbolism, I'm not gonna get you get wrong with that, but let's let's just bring it home to you, okay, mom and dad, grandparents, college students tomorrow. All of our young people starting school in just a few days or a few weeks. I know that's coming up and they're dreading that. But let's just just do this. Our Bible, our God draws a line. And he said, this is truth. I'm going to tell you guys, if you want to stand, you better know what side you're standing on. Every one of you, we've got to know where we stand. And if you're not standing on truth, the Bible says you're standing, and according to what Jesus said, on sinking sand. you're, You're unstable, you're not going to keep abiding and you're going to fall on your face. So no matter what culture changes or the world around us dictates or argues or debates or whatever comes up, we cross this line, we know where it's at, and we say we're going to stand here no matter what. I'm going to stand on truth. I'm going to stand on biblical principles. I'm going to stand on what God has said. I'm asking you guys as a church to almost think, of, make a, a pack. We're, we're a family. And as a family, and as we do this, I want every teacher, spiritually speaking, to push off the devil and to make sure that we're advancing forward. Every teacher in every class needs to make sure that the priority of what you do is we give out truth. If it gets uncomfortable, you know what we still do? We give out truth. And there's certain things that I get on and I'm thinking, man, I know that this is controversial and all these other things. Man, we have got to stick to what is right it goes into, after, after it gets into the, the truth, it, it tells you about putting on the breastplate of righteousness. Let, let, let's just do it. it. Truth, what is right and wrong. Righteousness. Living out what is right. If you are not going to cover yourself with the things that God said is right, you're going to be struck in the heart with that which is wrong. That is why it is the breastplate of Righteousness. So you know what you do? You cover yourself with those things that God said I want in your life. If you put it like this, in the Old Testament it says guard your heart. Guard your heart. Raise your kids to guard their hearts by covering it with that which is right. So you take everything that comes in your life and you want to know, and this is getting back to just straight up being biblical. What does God say about that? What does God say? Guys, I I try to make this very strict rule that I have. And I know everybody draws the line differently and things like that. But I'm going to tell you, I I, I think when you go through, uh, thou shalt not kill. Okay, (laughs) that is right. We're all going to say amen to that. But guys, let me tell you, thou shalt not kill also deals with abortion. It's wrong. And you say I know that, but you know the culture that's struggling with that the worst? Is these kids that are growing up right now are being indoctrinated that that's not true. That's changing. The Bible says, Thou shalt not commit adultery. The Bible says that if a man looks upon a woman with lust in his heart, he has committed adultery already. Let me put it like this. And he says, man, you're just getting all... I'm just... T- I'm tired of getting beat up. <laughs> I'm tired. I'm tired of having people come and they're just weary and broken and they're church-going, God-fearing, God-loving people. And they say, why am I hurting so bad? Do you have your heart covered with righteousness? Because there's so many other things that the Bible says this is right in the eyes of God, regardless of your feelings or your opinion. And to have all these different other things in our life and and, and to sit there and watch a movie as they say G.D. over and over again? How in the world when God said, thou shalt not take the Lord God's name in vain? And we wonder why we're so wounded. Because God said, you know what you wrap your life in? Righteousness. And all these things that we're so quick To judge the world and say, man, if they would just, they would just. And God says, look at the stuff that you are doing. Live out righteousness. And then it says, listen, this is spiritual warfare. Your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of uh, of peace. You know why it's your feet? Because the feet go. The feet carry. The feet move. The feet represents action and motion and forward thinking. That's what the gospel is. Because do you realize that part of spiritual warfare is the Christian, the church, being engaged in carrying the gospel forward? You say, well, well, I I think that's good and it's part of the Great Commission. I think it's not only good and part of the Great Commission. According to this, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, it also shuts down the works of the devil. It shoves them down. It shoves him back. It pushes him out. Are my feet with the gospel carrying it out I'm pushing him back in my home and things so let me ask you are you really carrying and able to stand and carrying uh, having your feet shot with the preparation of the gospel of peace if you're not doing anything to give out the gospel so take on the whole armor of God God didn't say pick and choose he he never said in that thing well pick out a couple pieces that you think would look really nice he said the whole armor of God you better take truth. You better stand on truth. You better draw a line in the sand. You better know where you stand. You better cover your life with righteousness. You, you better wrap yourself up and guard your heart from the garbage of the world getting into your life and mind. You better shod your feet. You better cover your feet with the tennis shoes. I, you don't need Air Jordans. You need Air Jesus, okay? To carry out the gospel and bring the gospel to the broken. And if we ever get to the place where the gospel is no longer a priority of carrying it out, then we are dropping the armor of God and allowing him to move into our lives and push the church back. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherein you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the devil. I, I did a message one time. Honestly, it was one of my most fun messages I've ever preached. I just had a fun time doing it. And I took a, um, some of you guys might remember that, I don't even remember how long, it was a shield. And I can't remember, I, I took darts or something, was shooting at somebody on the stage. It was so much fun. And, uh, and and the whole principle of it is, if you did not truly believe that that shield could protect you, you would not stand behind it. You know what I'm saying? I, I've seen these SWAT shows and things like that, as they go in and bullets are flying at them and they're walking in like this with that shield do you know why they have confidence and that shield is going to protect what's coming at them the, let me ask you guys how much do you believe the word of God because the Bible tells you if you don't have full confidence in the word of God that is my faith I believe I believe this I believe that Jesus Christ is able to save my kids I believe that when I die I'm going to heaven I believe it so much that if my children are saved and I am saved, there is absolutely nothing the world can throw at me to separate and take me away from my family for all eternity. Ooh, that feels good. It does. You say, well, you don't know if cancer is going to come. Well, they might take my kids away temporarily, or my wife or myself, but they can't take it away permanently. All right, devil, what do you got? That's that's what it is. I, I I stand behind what I believe in the Word of God, and I mean, believe it. I I have confidence. And the Bible says, oh, Satan's gonna Satan's gonna sling those things at you, and and all these things. He's gonna go after your kids. He's gonna tell them that there is no God, and creation's a myth, and you can live however you want, and abortion is a choice. It's your body, and all this other stuff. You know what I want to do? I want to teach them to hold up what they believe in. What do you put your faith and confidence in? Quench all the fiery darts of the devil. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Do you know why that salvation God plants over us to give us the peace of mind? And that, that, that is what it is. Christ covers us with the assurance to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. I, don't know. I know, guys, as the world gets worse and cancer and disease and all this other stuff and ISIS and all these things, man, it just means heaven is that much closer. But I have the assurance that that is true because of the salvation that God has given me. The sword of the Spirit is the one weapon that God has given us to push back and fight back. But I want you guys to notice in verse 13. Wherefore, I take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, having done all this then. I want to know that for me as a pastor, you as a father and mother and person and college student, whoever you are, that you've done all to stand.